Welcome to another episode of The Sebastian Show. So excited for today's guest. Danny Morrell is a successful entrepreneur, real estate coach, author, speaker, and inspires people all over the world to develop resilience, create the life they want through books, podcasts, and speaking engagements. He's committed to an oddly specific number, 3.5 billion people impacted by his work. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Check it out. I appreciate you jumping on. I'm excited to get to know you. And, and after looking at a lot of your content, I think, you know, we think very similarly just based on what I've, uh, I've seen in your content. So um, just to frame it up on my end, I'd love to hear a little bit more of your backstory. I don't want to spend too much time there because there's a lot of current things I want to get into, but I think creating healthy frames are important. And I was able to relate to some of it, but you grew up on the East Coast in New York. Yeah, uh, I grew up in New York City. And you have a brother. Um, your mom and dad divorced when you were 13, which is, I would say, arguably, probably the hardest age to deal with divorce because your your frames and your worldviews get rocked radically, right? You're already starting to form, formate what you kind of think the world is and to see the most stable people in your life break apart. I'd love to hear just how that framed because of what came next. And, and I want to relate that to what I'm doing. So what was your experience going through that as a young man? Yeah, you know... Um... I don't remember giving myself the space to feel anything other than it's time for me to step up. Were you the uh, oldest? I was the oldest. Yeah. yeah. I was the oldest of three boys. And so my yep. immediate reaction was, uh, I, I guess it's, it's my turn to lead, to step up, to be the man of the house. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't remember, gosh, I can remember as young as 11 years old, feeling responsible, you know? And, um, and so, yeah, yeah. I can't say it was rough. I can't say I was sad. I can't say any of that. I just remember feeling this, this innate desire because then my mom moved us to California to just step up and figure out a way to make it happen. Do you, in, in retrospect, when you look back at that, do you remember any stories about what happened? Did you, did you take the time to go, Hey, this happened because of, did you blame money? Did you blame a parent? Did you blame something for that? Or do you like, I didn't even have time to do all that. All I knew is that I needed to step up and be there for my mom and my, my brothers. Yeah. It's so interesting. You brought that up. I, I blame money. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting the way that all worked out. I blame money because my mother, mm. the story I heard was that my mother always wanted to buy a house mm. and my father was constantly giving his money away to family and only other than core family, like your, your, yeah. Yeah. Letting yeah. other human beings borrow money. So I created yeah. a story. Number one, I don't let anybody borrow, borrow money ever. Yeah. And number two, I needed to make a lot of money. Yeah. And it was all because of, because of that, you know, and um, come to find out, come to find out, um, you know, just a couple of months ago, I actually traveled to the Dominican Republic to heal my relationship with my father. Come to find out what actually happened was my mom was a little rough on him. You know, my mom was a little, had a little, put a little pressure on him. And my dad's not the kind of guy to make any more than, I don't know, 20 grand a year, something like that. You know, he's just, he's just not wired that way. And so he was crying to me and it, and it broke my heart because for the first time I realized the truth. And that's that my father really loved my mom. You know, he, he really loved my mom. It's just, he didn't have the means to fulfill some of the desires that she had. 
Mm-hmm. And that caused the rift. And yet I, I made a story that my dad's this evil guy. Right. And, you know, I hated him for all my life. And that was part of my healing journey. How old are you now? 45. So 32 years. 32 years of my life. And you just saw him. Did you just see him for the first time or you had somewhat of a relationship or three, three, four years ago, um, I was hosting an event that I used to call the relentless. Yeah. And like the name. Yeah. I was on stage. This is back when I would have Kobe and you know, all these Mm -hmm. famous people coming to my events and I was on stage. I I remember being on stage and I remember looking out into the audience and I heard this voice, it was source, you know, God, whatever you want to call it, it was clearly, clearly and audibly say, you know, you're never going to be the man that you're intended to be. And you're never going to help them become who they're intended to be until you forgive your father. And yes. I was like, nope, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm not, I'm not ready for that. That's too much for me, whatever the mm-hmm. case may be. But that's when my story began, my, my journey began. And now, you know, why I'm, when people come to my event, awaken, we go head on through a powerful meditation on healing, not only the relationship with their mother and father, but mm. all of their ancestors so that mm. they're connected to their entire lineage spiritually. Wow. That's incredible. So I, I, you know, I relate to that. My mom and dad divorced when I was a year and a half old. So I, I don't remember my father ever being in my life. Um, and I was the oldest son. And I remember a very similar journey where I, I got into, I was 11 years old and I, I came downstairs to my mom crying on the kitchen table and I was like, Hey, what's going on? And I tried to help her out. It was because she, she trying to figure out how to pay the bills and was totally financially stressed out. I didn't have a relationship with my father. Um, and so I, I attributed money as part of the problem too. Right? I was like, at least it's got to be solved. Now I, I didn't hold, I knew my mom by that point long enough to know that there was probably a lot of dynamics to win in the, their relationship didn't work, but money became, I went from being very interested in science and art to politics and business like overnight. Um, right. yeah. And it, it drove a lot of my early, a lot of my early ambition and, and drive. And it kind of, I don't want to say it took me off track because I, w- I was already very spiritually aware of what, why I was here and what I wanted to do, but it's certainly like, directed a lot of my energy towards the business world and towards politics um, in a way that I didn't quite anticipate. And then to, to your story, and I'd love to hear more, but I, my goal was to retire my mom and to buy her a house uh, because she had never, you know, she'd never owned a house. Um, she struggled her entire life financially. And so I was like, this is what I'm going to do for my mom. And I live in Orange County now. And she always wanted to take us to Disneyland never got to take it, my brother and I to Disneyland. And now my kids go to Disneyland whenever they want. And that the first time that happened, it rocked my world, something so simple, but because it was something that was so important to her, but she passed away uh, in 2004 from cancer. And it sounds like you have a very similar story with your mother. And it was the last thing she said to me, I walked into the room at seven o'clock in the morning and she said, um, she said, thank you. I said, for what? And I thought she had been uh, medically um, put her in a coma for three days at that point. So she, she hadn't been talking. And I thought she was, my frame of reference is, oh my God, she's healing. She's getting better. Cause she totally turned over, totally cognitive, thanked me. Um, and then said, we'll talk about that later. Last word she said, and it was only it, like, it triggered something in me that started my own like realignment of success and wealth because so much of it early on was to take care of her. And sure. it, it, when she, when she passed away, it rocked me because it was like, I had to realign, well, what is my drive here? What is my reason for doing these things? 
was part of my own journey. So when I read your story about this, I'm like, wow, this, this sounds very incredible. Can you share from your perspective what that was like for you? Because it's like it sounds like you took on, I would explain that as energetically, you took on that mantle, you took on that responsibility that was really your father's and now you're owning it. And there's a husbandry role there that you're playing with your mother. And it sounds like you went through your own process with that, which you can kind of share that that was like for you. Built a big company, sounds like. Yeah, I was very much, very much my mom's husband. Yeah, I relate to that. I got between the ages of 13 and, you know, 20, whatever. And and my first goal coming out of high school was to buy my mom a house. And, um, you know, but but I will tell you this, I'll fast Mm -hmm. forward to when she passed away. And she passed away in my arms. Mm. Um, and I, I, I realize now that, that life is a lot deeper and a lot more profound than we are shown. <laughs> yet that we get to see when we have the courage to go deep within ourselves and have true spiritual experiences and a true spiritual connection. Like I realized that my mom had a soul contract, you mm-hmm. know? And, and she had a soul contract to help me become who I was intended to become so that I can help who I'm intended to help, basically. And when I, when I look at that, man, I look at like how courageous she really was because she came here and she signed up for it. She's, yep. She said, that, you know, I, I'm going to go down there and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a mom that passes away when I'm 13 days old who's not going to know how to love me so that. I cannot know how to love my son so that he can eventually, when I pass away, be brokenhearted for the first time, allow himself to truly feel something, allow himself to realize that he's miserable and unhappy because he's built his entire life seeking for love outside of him. And this Mm -hmm. very thing that I am deciding to do will give him the opportunity to go out and find what he's always wanted, which was love. And that's exactly what happened when my mom passed away. It that's where you. my journey began. Yeah. Yep. My, my, my mom, my mom passing away literally was the moment that I started asking myself very difficult questions about my happiness, yeah. my health, my yep. relationship, myself, life, God, all yeah. of it. It was like if all of a sudden something went and a door opened and it was like, oh, now we're going to start living this thing called life, you know? For such a time as this, I would, and I would offer, and I, I, I venture you agree. Um, she deliberately, when her, t- when it was her time, she was like, "I'm out. The work is done." You know. Yeah, and it was all, and it was just so perfect that, you know, I'll go a little deeper. Uh, I had a moment recently, three or four months ago, with my fiance. We had just finished, you know, making love to each other, and and she was holding me, and I started crying and crying and crying and crying and crying and i i, I she goes baby what's wrong and I, and I and i realized like that my whole life the whole thing like you know the desire for like riches and wealth and big cars and success and power and the big company and you know even in many ways my first marriage like i was running through a program mm-hmm. that was causing me to seek external love because I, my mom energetically never knew how to hold me from the energy of love. 
Yeah. And when my fiance now held me like that, and I finally, because this is the kicker, because probably other people have wanted to hold me like that. But when I finally allowed another human being, when I finally let go of the guard, and when I finally trusted someone enough to hold me, the whole freaking puzzle fell apart. Because that's when I realized <laughs> that moment, I realized, oh my God, this is what I have been wanting my entire life. And then yes. it got deeper. Then I really started crying. Yes. I thought, oh my God, this is what my mom was searching for her entire life. And then it made sense why she passed away in my arms. Dude, this is beautiful. There's a, there's a lot we can do here. So the frame I would use as you're explaining this, and, and many of us go through the season where we're looking to have so that we can do so that we can be. Right. And, and the flip is when we when we become whole and become integrated, we go to be, do, have. And this is so much of the work that that I do is is teaching people how to be, how to be present and create from their beingness. And so um, when I'm hearing and you tell me if I'm wrong, it sounds like there was a story in which you believed I can only be loved. I am only valuable if. I achieve these things if I do these things, which just based on your experience with what happened with your father and your mother, it would be easy to make that judgment. I'm only valuable as a man if I do these things. So you right. go hard on, on those things, which and it is beautiful because it's for somebody who, as a young man, who maybe hasn't achieved success yet, when you're saying, dude, being financially free isn't all that, or, or being a millionaire isn't going to solve all your problems, or being financially wealthy is not going to be the answer to everything. They're kind of like, fuck you. Like, what do you, how can you right. say that you're, you're wealthy, right? There's, there's a lesson that is learned in achieving it. Right. Cause you, cause then, you know, with a, with total certainty, okay, dudes, that's not the answer. I have that. And I still have this hole in my heart. I still have this pain. And then the realization in that, that holy, I can have this wholeness in relationship with this person. And I feel loved regardless of what I have, like the, right. the fire, the depths in that, because that's, that's when you realize what real love is. And that's when you realize like, there's yes. a human being that loves you, whether yes. you have it or not, whether you're fat or you have a six pack, whether you <laughs> cut your hair or you don't all the shit that you think matters. Like when you finally allow yourself to realize that somebody loves you for who you are, yeah that's a lot man that's 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 deep that's deep because then guess what that happened that 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 gives you space to love them for who they are yes the way that you love someone else is just a reflection of the way that you love yourself yes beautiful you know? yes so and if, we, you're, if you're critical of somebody can... else if you're critical of somebody else and if you're judgmental of somebody else guess what it's because you're critical of yourself and you're judgmental of yourself it's something I talk about a lot. Our awareness starts in our perception. If we can begin to see our story about our thing, a thing, a story about others is really a reflection of our inner world, right? And, the, and the, it gives us an opportunity, those intimate relationships, whether it be a parent or a girlfriend, a spouse, a fiance, they give us an opportunity to learn about ourselves. What is our story about a thing? What is our story about another? What is our story about love? And it shows up in those dynamics, which the deeper right. the relationships, the, the more they provoke those stories and we can do the work, right? It's a gift. I, I once heard uh, somebody say, um, 
everyone in our life is playing the role we need them to play so that we can remember. That's right. Which I thought was such a really beautiful way of explaining. It's like, it's a loving story, in my opinion, where everyone is a loving being. We could talk about that if that's a hard one, but, and they take on the role, the mask, whatever we need them to be to provoke our remembering, which is what you were alluding to in, in my world when you were talking about your mom had a soul contract to play a particular role, to create particular conditions for you so that you can come into the world and do your work, your calling, right? And it's all of those conditions and those stories that allow this manifestation that is now your work, right? And I'm not surprised to hear you're hitting this in your 40s. That's that's really when we come into our prime, right? Where, our, where like the, the work becomes, not always, but the work becomes integrated and we're able to really step into the season of impact. And that I think we're seeing more and more men step into that right now. And it's really, really exciting where it's, again, we were talking about before we got on, there's a difference between doing and being. And the most powerful demonstration is doing from being, which sounds very wordy, but it's not, right? It's not here, it's here. It's integrated work. We're leading from our heart. Uh, and it's so obvious to me when I started listening to your your content, I'm like, oh dude, this guy is, he is, he is integrated. The work is being done in his heart and it's a different message and it will resound differently with people. They, they can literally feel the difference because there's an experiential knowledge there that's changing. I see you jump in there. Go ahead. Yeah, not only that, man, but I, 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 you're spot on. I'm going to take it a step further. It's when you've done the work, you are also liberating your energy centers, your chakras, yes. your nervous system. And so what happens is, is that your voice carries at a different vibration and the words that come out of your mouth, they're connecting into people's hearts and souls, right? Yes. So, so I'll give you this example. Like back in the day when I was trying to build my business and this is for all of you who wanna talk real world marketing, right? I bought followers, I bought views, I, 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 I bought famous people to come to my events. I, I did it all because I, I, I wanted to be famous, right? And I wanted to be well-known, right? And nothing ever changed. It just felt like I was always like, like my, my social media would grow a little bit and then it would like drop because everybody would unfollow and grow a little bit unfollow. And then the more and more that I started working on myself, right? The more and more that I started to realize that there was a part of me, thank you, baby. There was a part of me that needed to die. And the part of me that needed to die was the part of me that needed human beings to approve of me, validate me, like yes. me, and want yes. me. Yes. Right? And, if, and, and I would and just so, say, if, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. And so then what happened was when that part died, you have to understand this. When your entire life, you think you want something, Right. And when your entire life, you think that you want to, in this case, be famous, right? And all of a sudden, you get to this beautiful space in your heart where you realize it's time to let that go and you're able to let that go. Yes. Get ready for the biggest panic attack meltdown you have ever had in your life. Because I literally remember being in my living room in California. I was, I was, I was just finishing up a walk. I had listened to, I was listening to Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth. Oh, and, yes. and he, he said something, something that just started connecting the dots for me. And I thought, wow, 
I no longer give a damn if I'm famous or not. I don't care. And the next thing that came out of my mouth was, oh, shit. <laughs> I don't want to be famous. Well, then, well, then what do I want to be? Well, then, what am I? Well, who am I? What am I? And I literally started hyperventilating. I had to yes. call a friend. I yes. thought I was going to drop dead. And so I'm not, I'm not kidding. I thought I was going to drop dead right then and there. That was an ego death for me. Yes. And I had to call a friend to walk me through it because everything I had ever wanted in life, I no longer wanted just like that. And you know what you want to know the crazy thing is? My message changed. My energy changed. I no longer needed you to validate me. So my content changed. And it, since it was no longer about me, guess what it was about? It was about you. It was, about, it was about helping you to discover your power, who you really are. And just, it was interesting that this is all coming up because just today I took a screenshot of my stats and it's like, we get 20 million visitors a month on our freaking that's Instagram. A, that's incredible, bro. We're growing by 100,000 followers a month. I don't have to spend anything. I'm not even trying anymore. It's just because I genuinely want to help other human beings, you know? Yes. And with no strings attached, like, like, like me, don't like me, hate me, whatever. I hate me all you want. If it leads you back to your beautiful heart, I'm happy, man. I'm happy, you know? Beautiful. I love this. And, and, and what you're talking about um, from my world is identity. I'm writing a whole book on this topic. That hopefully it'll be out at the end of the year. To surrender, to become what we are meant to be, we must surrender what we think we are, right? And, and you see this in the hero's journey, whether it's Christ or, or other avatars, you see this process of their, their identity being challenged and clarified. And we have to surrender the egoic structures that we use to protect ourselves. And, and some would call that the dark night of the soul when you surrender that it's an ego death, right? Where it's who I think I am, I am surrendering so that I can become what I have always been. And that right. the power in that is powerful, but it is deeply emotional. If it's your whole life, you believed I have to be this to be loved, or this is what I need to be. And it's suddenly you're surrendering this. Uh, it's a powerful process. And I really appreciate you sharing. That's awesome. Thank you, and you're right. It's like when you become authentic and true to who you are, what you're seeking is now seeking you, right? You yeah. go from wanting to it coming to you. And it's the same. It's the same thing you'll see when somebody is gets to a point where they're okay being single. That's a classic one. It's like, you know, if I'm single, I'm single. And they release into that. I'm happy being single. And then suddenly the person of their dream shows up because they're no longer wanting it. Wanting it infers lack, right? When we no longer are, are desiring it in that way, we now create space and invite it into us by alignment of who we are. Energetically, we attract what we are. So that's powerful. I'm going to jump in there. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't even know what I was going to say. It's all good. No. <laughs> so now uh, you go through this process, you lose your mother, says so you just got reunited with your father, which is incredible. Um, where is your heart now? What are you focused on? And over the last four or five years, I'm just paying attention. It seems like you've definitely still very entrepreneurial, but you've kind of pivoted certainly your message and what you're focusing on. A lot of heart-centered message, a lot on relationships, a lot of healing trauma and 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 and, and forgiving family, the family line, which is so important. I, we have a commitment in my family, like our kids may have problems, but they're going to be different problems than what we had growing up, right? Which simply means we're not going to continue to pass on the shit that we inherited. We're going to, like, at least if there's problems, let's make them new problems. So what's got your attention? What's got your focus right now? Number one is fully being present, you know, for, for my fiance and our, and our baby that's on the way. 
Congratulations. Um, That's exciting. If they're dropping in right now, anybody who's dropping in right now, babies are dropping right now, they're going to be spiritual badasses. That's the only reason you're coming in. You're coming in right now. You're coming in hot. This little girl is going to be powerful. Oh, I love it. Yeah. But also managing, like, for example, I'm here in London. My boys are back home. So Wednesday, I fly back home, be there for two weeks. Then I'm going to fly back over here, be with her for two or three weeks, and then fly back over there because I have an event over there. There's just a lot going on. The U.S. will be our home base but you know, while visas and all that stuff gets sorted out, it's just a little transition. So managing that, yep. managing, you know, the 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 quote unquote guilt that I feel for not being there, but wanting to be here, but wanting to be there, and just allowing myself to feel all of that. And then in the public, um, just continuing to speak more and more, you know, authenticity into people's lives and helping them to remember that everything they've ever wanted is inside of them. Yes. Um, our, our last event awakened, we led, gosh, close to uh, just shy of 800 people through some profound self-actualization. And I, I, I've got a vision, you know, I used to be really attached to it. And now I just like, I just can't wait to see it. But I, I've got a vision of like, you know, 20,000 people in open air auditoriums or fields, you know, going through the process of self-actualization and rediscovering each other themselves. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that, look, if you look out on the news and you look what's happening, you know, there's definitely some dark energy that is at play with, with, with what the news and society is trying to do to human beings and how they're trying to manipulate them to the point of not loving themselves for their own sexual truth and, and who they are. And I feel like there's a lot of human beings that are going to be hurting. And I feel like the more and more that we connect to our hearts and we amplify at the energy of love, the more and more that we're going to be able to help beautiful people, you know, when they're ready to receive that help. And, you know, it's just going to, it's going to take awakened people to go out and spread the word. That's what it's going to do. And that's what I'm trying to do. And there's so much here. I, I don't think you can legislate morality, right? You can't legislate values. Those are taught. And it's something that can be developed through conscious awakening. And to me, I think you're right. That's the work is to educate people, not indoctrinate them and give yeah. them real world skill sets to be able to show up in their fullest self. And a lot of this will deal with itself. I think what a lot of the healing is we need to, to heal, do the inner work and heal the individual. And so much of our society right now is about using legislation to drive behavior without addressing the internal work or doing the internal work to create a whole person, right? To Two broken people don't create a whole relationship. And so much of the work we're doing right now is, is not dealing with the actual problems. We're dealing with symptoms. So I'd love to, it seems we're going to jump in here again, but can you, can you give a, a, a definition of, of self-actualization? It's a word I like a lot. I think Maslow is one that really gets credit, Maslow, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, self-actualization. But can you explain that from your perspective, what you think a self-actualized being is? A realization of who we all really are. Mm. A realization that there is no separation or no difference between you and I based off of the color of our skin, based off of our race, gender, um, creed, gender, economic, you know, what we earn, what country we were born in, that all of it, all of it is man-made. A hundred percent is man-made. And and when you finally wake up to realize that 
you know, you stop calling yourself a minority, you stop looking yeah. at yourself as different than or better than or less than or whatever. And you realize that at the center of it all is, uh, is love. Yes. And when you realize that you realize who Christ was yes. and you realize who you are and you realize that it's all one in the same. I am the way, the truth and the light. All he was saying is I am the example. That's it. I'm the example. And we missed he that. Was showing us, he was showing us, you know, he was showing us who we are. He was showing right. us who we, you know, and I, and I, yeah. and I think that like, you know, it's interesting, but like I, I was mad at Jesus for a very long time because I, I correlated my mom's death to, you know, mm. to religion. That's a whole nother story. Um, but when I finally had that awakening moment, it was like, oh my God, it's like, you're me. And you were just trying to help me be the best me. And you were just trying to show me what's possible for me if I sought first the kingdom of God with yes. him. Yes. Oh. And yeah, and it, you know, and it, and it got him killed. It got him killed, but he had, Turns out. He had the courage. He had the courage. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. It, it, yeah. He surrendered, right? Which, which is an interesting conversation. He, he surrendered at that point because his work was done. He had nothing to prove here. I had just come back from... El Salvador, I was on a medical mission there right after their civil war. Um, and, and my mom got the diagnosis and I went through a similar phase. I wasn't really mad at God, but I was, I think I projected that more on myself that had I been more spiritually equipped, had I already been working in the gifts of healing that I could have healed her, which was a very a similar idea of like, this was somehow my responsibility. And it took about 18 months of work to realize, no, it was everything happened exactly as it was supposed to and to surrender into a plan that was much bigger than I could understand at that time, which is, you know, I teach in consciousness training, well, teach is really transitioning from life is happening to me to life is happening for me, which is a simple frame that opens up so much of our understanding. Uh, and I love this idea. You, you talked about separation. What you said is a hell of a jump for most of humanity right now, right? And probably not your audience is probably why they follow you, but this idea of separation, the illusion of separation that one of the one of the, the elements of awakening, I, I thought there's three illusions that we surrender. One is the illusion of duality, the illusion of specialness or separateness, and the illusion of um, of control. Then those three all drop. Usually it's control that drops first, and then separateness or specialness. And duality is a bitch, so it usually drops last, I found. Oh my God. But, it is um, so interesting that you brought that up because go I ahead, just, jump in there. you just helped me realize something. My very first journey with ayahuasca, that's what it was all about. It was control. Yes. It, oh, I thought I, I, I was in, I thought I was in some sort of cult. <laughs> kill us all. <laughs> well, then, and so I tried to like, like literally, like I tried to drink so much water to throw it all up. Yep. Yep. Uh, she was helping me to do was to get rid of all of the energy. And, and the grandmother Aya shows up and goes, no, no, my yeah. son. Yeah, I just realized that, man, it was like, it was, it was all about control. So crazy. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's usually the first one that goes and it did, you know, talk about plant medicine, which I think is, is such an incredible tool right now that this, this helping so many people get free. And, and I think there's, it's a double-edged sword, uh, but I, I, as a tool, I think it's amazing. But generally when I see my experience has been, when I see people who struggle with plant medicine, it usually is around control. They don't want to surrender control and their experience is challenging, maybe negative or a little bit on the darker side, generally when they don't want to surrender control. If you don't have issues with control, you just 
kind of bliss out, right? You just drop in and it's like, hey, what are we learning today? Right. It becomes right. a great teacher. So that's usually the first one to go. Is, and then you can learn the second lesson, which is this idea of separateness, right? With the illusion of separateness that makes us think we have separate interests, that we are separate from one another. And that really, I believe, is the truth that is going to heal the world when humanity yeah. wakes up to that remembrance that we are not separate. Whether you're in the United States or the UK or India or China, we don't have separate interests. And that is for humans to hear having a deeply human experience is a very hard thing to comprehend. Um, but for anybody hearing that, that's like, what the fuck are you even saying? Just presence that with yourself. Just ask yourself, how could this be true? How could this be true? How could it be true that I am not separate from another? I don't have separate interests. Um, and then the last one is duality, which is a very hard, hard thing to release because duality helps us make sense of the third dimension. Right, we see everything in opposites, and it actually is part of what helps us experience this world. I would say our spirit conceives, right, of the world. Our mind creates the world, and our body experiences the world. And so, duality is a useful tool for doing that. But when you get to a certain level of understanding, you start surrendering this idea of right and wrong, which is very scary, especially if you come from a religious background, into this idea of what is most beneficial, which is. What Paul said, right, in Corinthians, all things are lawful, not all things are beneficial in the dispensation of grace, which you simply teaching, we can surrender this idea of duality into what is the most beneficial decision to make at this point in time. So I love this, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on this, that either those illusions or separateness in general, because you're, you're bringing that up. Yeah, I, I think it's part of the journey. You know, I think it's part of the journey. And I, 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 th I think it's by design. What helped you kind of get your head around this or your heart, I should say? What I mean, what, what, what was the, sounds like you've had some experience with plant medicine and, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, so please explain in your own words, but sounds like you came to this realization through a, a process, but for a lot of people hearing we're not separate, how, how would you address that with somebody who goes, how, how could you possibly say that? Yeah, listen, here, here's what I'll tell you. I'll put it to you this way. If you've ever seen a maze, you know, like a labyrinth, one of those mazes that you have to like get through, that's a lot, that's kind of like how your mind is, right? And, and when you're, you're born, you're born into, you know, fear, you know, um, especially if you're like, for example, like a young boy who was circumcised, like, right, like that, right, right off the bat, you are being made to feel a certain pain in the part of you that that is you know that is really the most vulnerable based off of someone else's doing and it and it separates you and, and someone else's beliefs by the way and it separates you from you know your truest heart you know? literally and the it, intent of that practice by the way is separation separate, yeah, separate, yeah. Right? yeah and so you know, I had to deal with that because I knew in my heart that it was wrong to circumcise my boys. But, uh, but, but at the time, my my ex-wife like wanted to, and I I wasn't you know man enough to you know say anything about it. But whatever, that's part of their journey. Yep. Um, I I got to be honest, like I am not, and as a result, I think that's why I was able to, you know, awaken in the way that I was. You know, um, I think there's a correlation there, but to make a long story short, even when you're born, you're born and all of a sudden you're, you know, you, you're, you're breathing and it's, and it's weird and it's bright and you're, you're dropping into fear, right? You're dropping into like the unknown, right? And so 
As a result, you drop into the energy of separation, which makes you think that you are separate from your mother, your father, which are the masculine and physical, phys, uh, feminine representations of God. And then if you get even somewhat of a rough childhood, like many of us do, <laughs> you, know, you start to feel like you're separate from even yourself. Yeah. And then you want to start to compete with other little boys and little girls for people's attention, approval. And so then you're separate from them. And then if you were, you know, in a household where there was a lot of victimization and victim energy, and you happen to be a different color skin, then you were raised around the thought that certain people of certain color skin and ethnicity are better than you. So now you're separate because of that. And then you turn on CNN and CNN will happily, happily show you and tell you how separate you are because of yes. money and you know all of it. It's all a program. Yes. Oh, 100%, 1 million percent a program. And then, you know, a day comes where you decide like something brings you to your knees, man. Like my mom's death, did. something brings you to your knees and you go, wait a minute. I, I may have a big business. I'd be making a lot of money, whatever the case may be, but I am not happy. As a matter of fact, I don't even know what the heck happy is. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I don't even know what love is. <laughs> if I'm honest with myself, I work six, seven days a week, right? I'm 50 pounds overweight. I got a lot of money. People think I have it all figured out. I don't have anything figured out. And that's when the journey begins. And so, you know, for me, it was plant medicine. Yeah. You know? But we now lead people through you know, at our events and our workshops and so forth and so on through experiences, through, through meditation and breath work that, that gives them the same kind of experience. Same yeah. And it, beautifully said, uh, I love it. I, I think plant medicine is a, a fantastic tool. And I think I've seen it change people's lives. that are dealing with PTSD. I think it's a great alternative. I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on the internet, but I think it's a great alternative uh, for the, for a lot of what people take for anxiety and depression. The numbers oh. are incredible. But with any group, I think you end up getting seekers, people who are, who are looking for experience and not doing the work. But I think that's I think that's every group, whatever community you're in, there's generally seekers. But I, more and more people are going through that process and are able to awaken and begin to understand some very deeper truths. I love the idea that you're doing this with meditation and breath work. Um, can you tell us about your 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 event, what your events are like and, and, and what how you learn to use meditation and breath work to achieve uh, a similar result. Yeah, I sure. I don't know how we're doing on time. So let me know if, if we need to, to wrap it up. Yeah, we're, we're getting close. I, I'll, I'll tell you what happened, man. I've always had this natural ability that like, I don't know, like this is my, my fiance's deodorant and brush, right? Let's say. <laughs> so we'll just use the brush, for example. <laughs> I see a brush, right? And this brush changes my life. Right. And I know it could change everybody else's life. I don't, I don't know why I've always been like this. I'm like, everybody, you need to go get this brush. It's just naturally how I am. Right. So when I first experienced plant medicine, I thought to myself, oh my God, what would this world be like if everybody, like I literally in picture, like if everybody just opened their mouths and I could fly by with a helicopter and yeah. drop some mushrooms in everybody's <laughs> mouth, game over, game over. We'll all we, live in heaven. We'd fix a lot of problems real quick. Right away. Right? There'll be no more war. There will be no more anything. Right. And so then, and then when I, when I, when I started thinking about it, I thought, man, like 
But I, I know that a lot of people are afraid of that process. I understand that, right? I once was for a long time as well. And so I thought, what could I do to give people the same type of experience, the same type of spiritual awakening, realization, and experience um, using my giftings and my abilities, you know, uh, to help them lead them back to themselves. And so I combined the power of my word and my ability to, you know, receive messages and, and give that word to people, which that alone starts to like unlock the puzzle in their head. Yes. And then we take them deep into meditation and breath work. And, you know, the truest purpose of awaken is to help them to heal their relationship with their mother and father. Mm. Because if they can heal their relationship with their mother and father, they will heal their relationship with God. Yes. If they heal their relationship with God, they will heal their relationship with themselves. And if they heal their relationship with themselves and they heal the way that they see themselves, all the issues yep. they have, money, everything changes. Everything changes. And so that's why I can say yeah. from the bottom of my heart is that our, the event awaken is absolutely undeniably life transformational. Powerful. And I love that you're able to do it um, in a way that anybody can do. It's very approachable for anyone. Uh, and that's it, right? Like we, we often see our relationship with God, how we saw a relationship with our parents, right? And that that's our orientation. And that already causes all sorts of problems. And our relationship, uh, when we connect God and who we are together, when you integrate that, and that's a hell of a jump for a lot of people for a number of reasons, specifically religious reasons, um, everything changes. And then we realize we are the creators of our life. And that's a hard thing for people to hear, especially those who are suffering and they're, they're going through a lot of pain and the dream of separation. Hearing that is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I didn't create this. I don't want this. Uh, and so I would challenge anybody who's hearing these words and like, dude, I don't get it. Just ask, how could this be true? Is there any truth in this? How would I know this isn't true? Um, if you seek truth, it will find you. If your heart is open to truth, it will find you. It wants to be found. You just have to want it. Beautiful. I got a few rapid fire questions and I'll let you go. I appreciate your time today, Danny. Um, what, what book do you find yourself recommending more than any other? I don't think there's one, man. I think it's the power of now. Okay. And you, so you like, you like Tolly. I do. And conversations with God. Yeah. Yeah. Conversations with uh, Neil Donald Walsh. Those are both recommendations. I think I liked uh, a new earth more than the power of now, but the power of now does a lot of work for people. Um, a lot of people come online through that book. So it's, it's definitely doing its work. Conversations with God is, is fantastic as well. That's awesome. What's one thing you wish you could have told yourself when you were 21? Um, so you could go back and tell yourself, what, what, what would you tell yourself at 21? We'll do ayahuasca right now. <laughs> let's just speed this process up. Let's just, let's just, let's just, get, let's just do it now. Yeah. Head to Peru. Let's get it done. One last question. What's something that you hold as true that is either controversial or unpopular? I'll say it without saying it, but that when you find yourself, you'll find God. And when you find God, you'll find yourself. Yes. I love that. Well, Danny, I would love to continue this conversation another time. I have a feeling that we could wrap for hours on this stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really enjoy this. It's, it's great getting to chat with somebody who's, who's doing the work and having an impact on so many people's lives. Where can people find you? Where's where is the easiest way to find you and connect with you? Um, Danny Morell, D-A-N-N-Y-M-O-R-E-L on Instagram or um, TikTok, Facebook, all, you know, all things. 
Um, and then we have a, a podcast called The Higher Self, which you can you can look up. And then my event is actually coming to Palm Springs. It's coming to Palm Sick. Springs. Yeah, um, July 27th, 28th, 29th. Uh, I'd love to invite you if you want to come. Uh, yeah, be my I, would love, I would yeah. love that. And I'd love, to, I'd love to, when you're back in the area, I'd love to have you jump on and we continue this conversation. We can follow up on that one. It'd be awesome. Yeah, sounds good, man. Sounds good. Very cool. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for being on today.